start with the story. The Rashbats. Rashbats was a chassid of note from a number of the Rabbeim. It was also the Friedrich Rebbe's teacher when the Friedrich Rebbe was young. Rashbats was once for bringing together with a group together with a group of chassidim. And in the middle of the Farbengen, they ran out of Farbaisen. You all know what a Farbengen without Farbaisen is, right? It's, it's a tough Farbengen. It's not. Is there mashka, though? I don't know. Maybe they needed mashka and Farbaisen, but they needed Farbaisen. And the chassidim were trying to figure out how to get Farbaisen. The Farbengen needed to continue. So the Rishpatz had a goat. This goat was a source of livelihood for the Rishpatz. It provided milk. And this was like one of the few, the, the, the few possessions that he and his wife had. But the Farbengen needs to happen. So he went and he shechted the goat and there was plenty of fair bison for the rest of the fair bison. Good fair bison. Roasted fair bison. No, no, no. Absolutely not. And the next morning, the fair still going on, and the Rashbatz's wife wakes up and looks out in the yard and their goat is missing. Could you imagine you looked out in your driveway and your car is gone? Their goat is missing. And she comes to her husband and she's crying and shouting, our goat is gone, we need to call the police, we need to do something. Our goat is gone. He says, don't worry, don't worry. But she keeps crying. What are we gonna do? We need to find our goat. So finally, the Rishpat says, don't worry, I know where the goat is. It's still here. Just before, it was saying, bah, bah. And now it's saying, Hashem Echad. <laughs> so that's what this Mimer is all about. The Mimer, as we started learning, is about taking the Nefesh of Bahamas, taking our goat, and stopping our goat from saying ba ba, like we said, I'll, I'll read again from the words Vahainu. Does anyone need a mimer here? Yes, please. please take it. Hold on to it. I'll start again from the word Vahainu on the top of the second column. Vahainu al yidei nefesh halikis. This is through the godly soul. Which clothes itself inside of the nefesh abahamis, the animal soul. And it contemplates and reflects on Hashem Echad. When it says Krishma during davening, the godly soul reflects about this. 
Val Yidei Zeh, through this, Vahavta Bechol Levavcha B'Shnei Yitzrecha. You're able to cause that the Nefesh Bahamas also should be enthusiastic and excited about godliness. But as I mentioned to you yesterday, the Mimer says that just thinking chsidis is not enough. Thinking chsidis is definitely important. You need to think about chsidis in order to accomplish that the Nefesh Bahamas should know what it's thinking about, should know about Eibishter, should know about God. But thinking chsidis is not enough. You also need to engage the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, directly. And that's really the point of this Mimer. Ah, however, Kaidim Krishma, before we start with Shema, Tiknu Chachamim, our sages established, Shtayim Lefaneha, there's the two Birchis Krishma, the blessings that we say before Shema. Lekiyum HaKrishma. The objective of those brachis is to support the Krishma that we're going to say. And the Maimur says very strong words. Ki i'efshar lahachnia velichbash es ruach ha-nefesh ha-bahamis. Tachas memshelas nefesh alikis. I'll read those words a little bit slower. I'efshar, it's impossible. Lahachnia to humble the lichbash and to conquer as ruach nefesh abahamis the spirit of the animal soul and don't forget the spirit of the animal soul is a very lively spirit it's an animal spirit as opposed to the spirit of the godly soul which is a much more calm spirit which is a much more intellectual spirit the spirit of the animal soul is an excited spirit and the Mimer says it's impossible to humble and to conquer the spirit of the animal soul under the control of the godly soul. Ki im al yidei shersha shal Except through the source of the animal soul. The only way to conquer the animal soul is to reach to its source. What does that mean to reach to its source? Let's say you're sitting down and farbranging with somebody. So you farbrang with him and you tell him all about Abishter, all about godliness, all about spirituality, all about a different type of life, a different type of focus a more elevated, a more spiritual life. And the person is interested and listening. And he says, that's all wonderful and good and fine. But it's not for me. Right? It's not for me. The bottom line is that I admire the way that you live and what you think about and what you chase after. And I think that those things are very proper. It's the way things should be. But 
I'm an American boy who grew up in these environments, or a South American boy, who grew up with this, these circumstances, with this background, with this perspective. And for me, this is all beautiful, but theory, not practical. So what you need to do is turn to this person and say, do you know who your Zayda was? Do you know who your Elter Zayda was? Do you know where you come from? Your Elter Zayda, Adam, was a Chassidah living in Russia and Poland. And your Elter Zayda was a Chassidah Your Elter Elter Zayda, maybe. There's, there's an amazing story that was shared by Moshe Biton, Rabbi Moshe Biton, when he was a student here in Yeshiva. A personal story, but it's amazing because it brings out this point so strongly. He, in, in, in his, wherever he grew up in South America, he managed to get interested in Yiddishkeit. And at some point, he ended up going to Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. And he came back from Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. And he was already practicing Yiddishkeit, but it was really difficult. He was coming home to a completely secular home. And he was trying to do things which anything that he did immediately upset his mother. Why are you being different? Why are you doing all of these unusual things? At one point, he knew that he needed to kasher the kitchen so that he should be able to eat. So he went and he called his rabbis and he found out all of the details. How does he kasher the kitchen? And he waited for a day that he knew that his mother's going to be away all day. And he went and he went through all of the process of kashering the kitchen and spilling the boiling water and um, uh, fixing what needed to be fixed and everything that he needed to do. And he cleaned everything up. Making sure that there wouldn't be a trace of anything that he was doing when his mother came home. So that she shouldn't get upset. Why are you messing around in my kitchen? And she came home, she says, hi, mommy. And he sees from the corner of his eye, he forgot something. The rock that he was using, the boiling rock to capture the kitchen sink, he forgot it in the sink. And he knew his mother's going to see the rock. And she's going to start asking questions and what's he going to say, what's he going to do? He's feeling his heart beating. He's all upset. He doesn't know how is he going to handle the situation. 
he's trying to like distract her, maybe he could get her to go straight upstairs and not go into the kitchen first, and he'll be able to take the rock and quickly get rid of it. But she goes into the kitchen and she sees the rock. And she starts to cry. And his heart drops and he doesn't know what to do. And he says, Mommy, I'm sorry, I don't mean to upset you. Well, she says, no, no, you don't understand why I'm crying. I'm crying because this rock brings back tremendous nostalgia for me. Because I remember my grandparents always had a rock in their kitchen for kashering. And this rock brings back that rock to me. It brings back those memories to me. And this is the point that the Mimer is making. A lot of times we feel it's too much for us. We have to realize you're not forging a new path. You're not doing something on your own. What you're doing over here is what your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents did. It feels to you like you're starting something new, but it's not true. You're connecting to something old. You're connecting to something deep inside of you that's been there for a very long time. That's what Birchas Krishna is about. Birchas Krishna is reaching to the Shoresh, the roots of the Nefesh Abhamis. In other words, the Nefesh Abhamis, here is the Nefesh Alikis bringing about Hashem Echad. And it says, wow, that's so interesting. I really enjoy your ideas. I enjoy the concepts that you're thinking about, and I think that they're wonderful and beautiful, but at the end of the day, the Nefesh Obama says, I'm a behemoth. And as a behemoth, I need to eat eclairs. Right? That's what I need. So... The Nefesh Alikis responds to the Nefesh Abhamis, the godly soul, responds to the animal soul and says to the animal soul, you're forgetting your source. It's true you're a behemoth, but where does the behemoth come from? The behemoth doesn't just show up over here out of nowhere. The behemoth has parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. And at some point... We saw earlier in the Maimer, where does the animal come from? It was collected from the Shmarei Haifanim, but the Shmarei Haifanim, where did they come from? The waste of the Haifanim. Where did that come from? That came from the Haifanim HaKadosh, from the Holy Haifanim, the Chayes HaKadosh, the Holy Angels that are called Chayes, that are called animals, wild animals. But that's the source of the animal below. And that originated in the Pnei Shur Shebe Merkava, in the face of the Shur that's in the Merkava. And the Pnei Shur Shebe Merkava is entirely invested. It's all about Abishter, godliness. Not about eclairs. There are no eclairs up there in Bria. Not even in Yitzira. 
In Ganeidem, there are no pizzas. I'm sorry to break this to you, but there is no pizza in Ganeidem. Right? There are some people that believe that if you live a good and uh, destructive life, <laughs> then when you get to Ganeidem, you get 70 pizza pies <laughs> untouched by any man. But... The, the, this is not the case. There are no pizzas in Gan Eden. There's no pizzas, there's no eclairs, there's no behemishkite. There are behemoths over there. There's a pneishar and there are chayis ha-kaydash and there are ifanim. There are behemoths, but there's no behemishkite. There's only godliness. And that's your source. That's your parents. That's your grandparents. That's where you come from. Or to put it in other words... Sometimes the Nefesh Bahamas says that Judaism is so beautiful and Chassidishkeit is so inspiring. But, Meisha, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? It's true. I admire Chassidim. But I'm not a Chassid. I'm just a Behemoth. That's what the Nefesh Bahamas says. I admire Chassidim and I admire Chassidishkeit, but... What do you want from me? So you tell the Nefesh Bahamas you're making a mistake, you have it inside of you. As the Friedrich Rebbe said in the Maimar. It's up to you. You have the power, you have it in you to be able to accomplish, to be able to do, to be able to change, to be able to grow. Because ultimately that's where you, you the Nefesh Bahamas, I'm saying you too, that's where the Nefesh Bahamas comes from as well. Let's read inside in the, in the Maimer. Ki im, al yidei shersha shal ha-Nefesh Bahamas. We have to reach back, not just to teach the Nefesh Bahamas about Hashem Echad, a Maimer Chsidis. It's not enough just to teach the Nefesh Bahamas a Maimer Chsidis. We need to do more than that. We need to reach back to the source of the Nefesh Bahamas. Shemekar chaitzvu mechais ha-Kaidish. That the source, the Mekar, the source from Chaitzva, from where it was yun, from where it was chiseled out, from where it was taken, is from these holy angels called the Chayes HaKadosh in the Merkava, the Pnei Aryeh and the Pnei Shar, the, these different faces that are on the Merkava. As opposed to the Nefesh Alikis, which like we discussed yesterday, the Nefesh Alikis channels through the Pnei Adam Shebe Merkava. So it's a different level. It's true. The Nefesh Kiss has a different level. But ultimately, the Pnei Aryeh and the Pnei Shar are also entirely godly. And that's where the Nefesh Bahamas comes from. And the Maimer over here brings down the Kabbalistic concept, Ki Ein Hadinen Nimtokin Ella Bisharshan. Dinen means harsh judgments. Harsh judgments cannot be sweetened except at their source. What does that mean? So, everybody knows that just a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, right? We heard it when we were little. Huh? What's a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down? That means the medicine is bitter and a spoonful of sugar overwhelms the bitterness of the medicine 
and allows you to take it, right? That's one concept of hamtokas hadinim, sweetening judgment. Judgment is where there's something harsh, negative, bitter that you have to contend with. So one way of sweetening the judgment is by overwhelming it with a lot of sugar and thereby erasing its bitterness. But you're not really sweetening the bitterness. You're just overwhelming the flavor with sweetness so that you don't taste the bitter. What about like uh, on Hashan Rabba, when you do the... Hamtaka Sadinim, and there's a lot of other times we do Hamtaka Sadinim. One of the times, one of the reasons we rip the pan into five pieces is also the idea of hamtaka sadinim, just like we break the middle matzah, the, the, the afikayman, into four pieces, mm-hmm. into five pieces, excuse me, etc. That all of this is because there are five dinim, and that's why we clap the haishanis five times. Um, uh, th- th- this is all because there are five levels of judgment and we want to sweeten the judgment so one way of sweetening the judgment on Eshan Rabbin and all of these areas is to just pile on the sugar but sugar is not so healthy right there's a different way to sweeten the bitterness the different way to sweeten the bitterness is Bishershon in its source in its source what does that mean in its source so we'll take an example of eating healthy. So somebody who's used to a lot of sugar and suddenly he starts to eat healthy, it's difficult for him. The, the healthy food tastes bitter, right? But uh, first of all, healthy foods taste bitter when it's not so fresh. The bitterness that often is accompanied by healthy food is because healthy food is so pure, it needs to be used at its freshest state. And if you leave it a little bit, it gets bitter. And since we're lazy, we're a lazy generation. You know the story of the guy that uh, came from Russia. I told you yesterday, a story of a chassid that came from Russia. Somebody came from Russia and he entered into a supermarket at the first time. In Russia, they never had supermarkets. And he's looking around in the supermarket and he sees in the supermarket there's um, uh, oatmeal powder. He says, what's oatmeal powder? They tell him, you just add water and you have oatmeal. Very nice. And then he sees uh, mashed potato powder. And he asks, what's mashed potato powder? He says, you just add water, you have mashed potatoes. And he's looking around again, and he sees another, the, the, the rice powder, and so on and so forth. And then suddenly he faints. He faints on the floor. And they wake him up and say, what, what's the matter? He says, look, look at that, it's baby powder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> We're a lazy generation. <laughs> that, that, that's what we are. That's what we're like. We we, we don't we don't we, we don't know what it means to work 
in order to be able to, you know what they had to do in order to make pasta once upon a time? <laughs> to like stand over there after flattening out the... the, the, the grow wheat. That they grow the wheat and etc. etc. The whole process. We don't know what it means to have that concept. So part of Ein Hadinim Namtak and Allah Bisharchan in this example is to use it at a fresher state, at a it's more of a source level before you let it sit. Because it's the sitting that makes it bitter. And it's like that in the nimshal as well. In the an analog, it's like that as well. What makes dinim harsh? What makes dinim harsh is when they're sitting inside of Seydeh If you trace dinim back to their source, dinim come from the level of gevura. What's the level of Gevura? You have Chesed and Gevura. What does Chesed mean? Kindness. Kindness. What does Gevura mean? Not harshness, no. Dinam is harshness. What does Gevura mean? Strength. What strength? Overwhelming good. On a certain level, the goodness of Gevura is even stronger than the goodness of Chesed. It's overwhelming good. It's great good. The problem is when it sits inside of Seder Shtashos, it starts to get bitter. It starts to get bitter. Why does it start to get bitter? Because it's so good. It's so beautiful. It's not like sugar that you could just send it through Seder Shtashos and it'll stay sweet. That's chesed. That's the sugar, the spoonful of sugar. It's so good that as soon as it just sits a little bit, it starts to get that bitter taste to it. But if you trace it back to its source, you'll have that din on its source level and its nimtak, that's you have abdakasadinim, the sweetening of judgment. So that's one idea of Ein Hadinim Nimtakim al trace it back to its source. And if you trace it back to its source, you'll connect it on a level where indeed it's good. And then there's a deeper level of Ein Hadinim Nimtakim al Not a deeper level, I'm sorry. A different aspect, a different way of applying this Ein Hadinim Nimtakim al And that is a person who's used to having piles of sugar in everything that he eats or drinks. If he tastes anything, if he tastes anything that doesn't have it, it tastes disgusting to him. But when you accustom him to drinking and eating without that, without the salt, without the sugar, without those extra additives that are unnecessary, he'll start to appreciate the goodness of the food that he has, just a cup of hot water. It's sweet, it's beautiful, it's delicious. And anything else will taste disgusting to him. In other words, you bring the person back to his source level, not to his manufactured level, to his fast food level, to his source level. And in that way, you also have the hamtakas hadinim, and this is true with the Nefesh Bahamas. The Nefesh Bahamas needs to be brought back to its source level in order to sweeten it. 
because the nefesh abahamis, the way it presents itself over here inside of this world, is a behema that could care less about anything. Like we learned in Vasiligani, it could trample over twigs or a person, and it's the same difference. It has no discernment, it has no appreciation, it has no elevatedness. It's just a behema. All it wants is something that tastes good in its palate. But if you bring it back to its source, you bring it back to its zeda, you bring it back to the Pnei Shar Shabimerkava, it already reaches a whole different level. It reaches a level where its strength and its excitement is about godliness. In a way that the Nefesh Alekis doesn't itself feel. Because the Nefesh Alekis, like I told you, is this intellectual philosopher who's sitting over there in the corner and thinking. And the Nefesh Bahamas is active and doing. It has energy and power. And that's why, as we read, continuing to read in the Maimer, Vihine, Al through this, Nasa Aliyah, Gam Nefesh Alekis. You raise up the godly soul as well. Because the godly soul on its own isn't able to accomplish what the animal soul is able to accomplish. So if you infuse the nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, with the love of Hashem, then the godly soul is lifted up too. Al-Derech, just like it says in the prophecy of the Merkava, it says, V'hachayis noisois Es hakisei. The chayes hakodesh, those are the wild animal angels, but the godly angels, the holy angels, but they're called chayes, they're the ultimate source, not the ultimate source, the ultimate source is the Pnei Shashim itself, but the source of the animal below is the chayes hakodesh. It says they lift up the kisei, they lift up Hashem's throne. And if you lift up a chair, then by lifting up the chair, you also lift up the Adam that's inside of the chair. Not just the Pnei Adam that's on the chair, but the Adam, the Al-Dumus Hakisei, Dumus Kamara Adam, the Adam that's sitting on the chair. That means the Abishter himself, as the Abishter is limited to the format of Adam, like we discussed at length yesterday, the Abishter himself, as he's in Atzilus, in the Ten Spheres, and so on and so forth, the Abishter himself is lifted up through the Chayis. That means that Silos can't reach a level that it's able to reach through the, the, the through descending into the world of Bria and coming into the world of Bria where there is a Kisei and there are Chayes HaKadosh and those Chayes lifted up that now Atzilus itself and the Adam Sha'ala Kisei is higher than it was beforehand. The Nefesh Kiss, the godly soul, is higher as well through the animal soul. That means when the animal soul is excited about serving Hashem, then the godly soul has a whole different level of Aveda Sashem. Vihine, now we reach a new level of analogy inside of this Mimer. And this level of analogy inside of this Mimer, and that's where we're going to continue from here, 
with regards to the theme of this Maimer, which is the arousal from below and arousal from above. Now this arousal from below and arousal from above is termed in Kabbalah Mad and Man. Mad is Mayin Dukhrin, or translated directly, male waters. And Man is Mayin Nukfin, or translated directly, female waters. Now, in general, as we learned in the Maimur Lechadaydi, the male represents the mashpia, the influencer, and the, the female represents the mekabel, the one who is influenced, the one who's being influenced, the, the recipient, the one who's getting. So, the mad, the mayin duchrin, is the energy that flows from the mashpia, the influencer. And the man, the mayin nukvin, is the energy that flows from the recipient. And in the process of a zachar and a nekeva, a male and a female, below, here in this world, being that the male and the female, as we learned in Basiligani just now, represent the ish is ish yud, the isha is ish hey, and when they join together, they're bringing the ka, the shechina betachtein, and they're bringing the shechina to this world. They represent the unity of, as we say in our davening in the morning, l'shem yichod shechinta. The yichud, the unity between kudsha berichu, which is in general the level of za, of atzilus, with shchinte, which in general is the level of malchus of atzilus, and the unity, the yichud of za and malchus, or zachar and the keva above, male and female above is the purpose, it's the objective of Dir for which we're here in this world. And when a male and a female come together in a holy and pure and spiritual way, then that male and female are representing the unity of Ka, of Yud of Shechina, of godliness. They're bringing the Shechina together in a very real way, as opposed to if they do it without holiness and without spirituality, then they're doing it in a very unholy way and they're causing the opposite, they're causing destruction. And sometimes, something which is holy and something which is destructive has a very thin line between it. So, just when a male and a female come together, there is the inspiration that comes from the male and the inspiration that comes from the female. The, 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 the enticement or involvement, the calling out from the male to the female and the same back from the female to the male. But there's different processes in which this happens. There's different orders in which this happens. Sometimes it begins from the male to the female. Sometimes it begins from the female to the male. And the differences between this is ultimately the point that our Mimer is coming to teach us. Let's read inside. Vihine. Al yidei man. 
through the rising up of man. The man is the Mayan Nukvin, the female Hamshacha, the female connection, the, the, the energy that's coming from the female. So it rises up. This is like you have in the, the rain cycle. What happens in the rain cycle? You have the mad, the mad is when it's raining from above to below, and you have the man, the man is when aid yalim in ha'aretz, as it describes in Bereshus, the mist rises from the ground and goes up above, where it creates clouds, which are once again able to rain. And that's a constant cycle. And that cycle exists in the relationship between a male and a female. There needs to be the hamshachas <coughs> mad, the, the energy that's coming from above, from the mashpia, and the haloas man, the energy that's coming from below and rising up from the mekabal to the mashpia. In other words, as we learned when we learned L'chadeidi, a mashpia without a mekabal is nothing. It doesn't exist. So a mekabal turning to a mashpia and saying, I am ready to be mekabal from you is what makes a mashpia into a mashpia. And that's halo asman. That's the female energy that comes from below, that rises up. Through the rising up, the raising up of the man, the arousal from below, you're able to draw down an arousal from above. Because if the Mechabal turns to the Mashpia and says, I want to listen to you, I want to hear from you, I want to receive from you, then that itself inspires the mashpia to want to give. To want to give. V'zehu inyin shenemer bekarbanis reyach nichoyach lehavaya. It says that the karbanis are a pleasant aroma for Hashem. What's an aroma? An aroma is something that comes and enters into the person who is smelling it and just pulls out from him a certain energy. And that's what the karbanes do. The karbanes are a pleasant aroma that rise up, and through rising up, they pull out an energy from Hashem to want to connect to us. So it's a halo asman, which is a reach nechayach, which pulls out a hamshacha from a bishter. Clear? Good. Vihine, bechina zu this level, zehu ma, zehu inyin ma she beisarusa de lesata isarusa de leela. There's two different ways that the mimer is going to focus on that an isarusa de leela, an arousal from above, can come. When Hashem first created the world, He created the world. With an arousal from above, but it was an arousal from above that came without any arousal from below. There was no inspiration from below because below didn't exist. There was no below. Hashem decided, I want to create a world. 
And when Hashem decided, I want to create a world, He created a world. He came bechesed chinam, as it's described, with free chesed, so to speak. In other words, not something which was inspired by anything else, because there was nothing else. There was only Hashem. But afterwards, Hashem created man in this world, and He placed him in Gan Eden, to do Aveda here in this world. So Hashem's creation of man in and of itself is in the Sarusa de la that came by itself. But then, when man does his Aveda here in this world, through his Aveda, he inspires Hashem to once again bestow Isarusa de la arousal from above. So those are two types of Isarusa de Layla. There's an Isarusa de Layla which is inspired by an Isarusa de Lasata, an arousal from below above, which is inspired by an arousal from below, and there's an Isarusa de Layla that comes on its own and is not inspired by an arousal from below. So the Maimir says, the idea of bringing a carbon, that the idea of bringing a carbon is taking the below and bringing the below to an appreciation of godliness. The below appreciating godliness is the recipient saying, Hashem, we love you and we want to connect to you. That's the man, the mayin, nukvin, which inspires then an asrusa So that's the idea, that from the arousal from below, you have an arousal from above. That's one type of arousal from above. Ah, however, yesh gamkein isarusa de la'ela melmaila hanimshach le'ir isarusa de la'sata. There is also an arousal from above which is drawn down to wake up, to inspire an arousal from below. Dahainu, that means le'ir esa'adam to wake up a person from his slumber in the nonsense of the world. Just like a person who's sleeping doesn't really recognize, he's not properly cognizant of that which is occurring around him. So too, we, our nefesh kiss sometimes falls asleep instead of our godly soul inspiring our animal soul which it's clothed inside of it falls asleep and gets lost inside of the nonsense of this world you have sometimes people that are doing good things but they forget why they're doing them they forget what they're there for and a person who forgets why he's doing what he's doing is a person who can start doing the wrong things as well because he doesn't realize what he's doing. So sometimes Hashem sends us a wake-up call, an arousal from above. That's an arousal from above that we did not put in any effort, we did not prepare ourselves for at all. There is no arousal from below that inspired it. 
It's simply Hashem looking down at us and saying, Oy, my kind, my child, what are you doing? Wake up! That's this arousal from above. Lahakitsai to wake us up. To arouse him from his sleep in the nonsense of this world. And the Mimer continues, This is just like it was in the beginning of creation. That occurred then was with Chesed from above directly. Because Hashem desires, Hashem wants to do Chesed, Hashem wants to give. And since Hashem wants to give, so Hashem created a world to give to. But afterwards, it depends on our behavior and our action. As it says in the verse, that Hashem placed us into Gan Eden, into this world, to Avda Ulishamra. And Chazal teach us, Avda is positive commandments, Lishamra is negative commandments. That means that we should do the 613 mitzvahs, that we should do what we need to do. And this is our job now. But nevertheless, even though there needs to be an arousal from below specifically, but despite this, there is drawn an arousal from above to awaken the arousal from below. Sometimes, even though we need to do our Aveda now, we can't just sit back and put our feet up and say, Hashem, just let the Chesed flow. We need to do the Aveda from below. And the Aveda from below is connected to the level of Gvura, connected to the level of work, of effort that we have to put into it. But sometimes the Abishter gives us a little tickle and says, Wake up. Stop sleeping. The, 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 and that's an Asarusa, the Leila, an arousal from above that's coming from itself. The Mimer explains this. I'm going to read it quickly because um, uh, we're not going to have Chassidus class by, w- with ourselves. There's going to be a Chassidus class, but I won't be here um, tomorrow and Thursday. So I want to at least finish this point, but we'll review it in the next class. The Yuvan Zeb Avedas Hashem. We'll understand this in Avedas Hashem. We see that there are two levels in divine service. Aleph, one level is One level is arousal from below that you put in tremendous effort for, that you work on, that you you prepare the fields for planting. Preparing a field for planting involves yigias nefesh vigias basar. It it involves exertion of the soul (coughs) and physical, spiritual and physical exertion. (coughs) Bahamokas Bahamokas hadas through delving our mind in reflection, a broken heart, 
just like when you want a field to be able to pl- be planted and you can't just plant in a field. What do you have to do in order to plant in a field? You have to plow. That's the broken heart. The broken heart is you have to plow your heart so that your heart should be open, should be receptive to that which you're going to plant inside of it. Shal it's through putting in this effort. It doesn't come by itself. Don't sleep in your bed and wait to become a chassid. It doesn't happen. You need to work. You need to put in the effort. You need to do yigiyas nefesh, yigiyas basar, tremendous exertion physically and spiritually in order that the gilu ar, the godliness, should come inside of you and be absorbed inside of you. Vahainu. That's the level that we described earlier of Isarusa de Lasata, Isarusa de Laela. There's an arousal from above. In both cases, there's an arousal from above. But in one case, the arousal from above is coming in response to the arousal from below. And in the other case, there's the arousal from above coming on its own. When the arousal from above is coming in response to the arousal from below, then it comes in a way of Giloi, of that the revelation of light is inside of him. It's absorbed in him. It becomes part of him. But then there's the Madrega Habez. There's the second level. Hainu, what's the second level? Sometimes there could be Hispailus. Hispailus basically means excitement. It's a reactionary excitement. That means a response to something. And sometimes you can have this espilus, this excitement in a person's nefesh without any preparation at all. It does happen sometimes. Sometimes that you're just lying over there in your bed or you're sitting over there daydreaming and suddenly you say, I gotta do tshuva. Suddenly you start to cry. Suddenly you start to feel a energy of holiness, of spirituality, out of the blue. You didn't do anything for it, and suddenly your heart is feeling receptive and open to spirituality. Where did that come from? That came from Hashem giving you a tickle from above without you doing anything and telling you, wake up. As we see, Sheesh Harvey Anashim, that there are many people that they are aroused pitom, suddenly, out of the blue. And their hearts and their minds become inflamed in davening. Suddenly they start davening with excitement. Where are you coming from? How do you suddenly start davening? How do you suddenly start davening like that? Where, where, where did that come from? You know the story, they say that in the Musr Yeshiva. So in the Musr Yeshiva, they have a Musr Seder. In one Musr Yeshiva, the Musr Seder, was they would sit and they would chuckle back and forth on the bench for 20 minutes every day, and they would repeat to themselves, Ich bin agarnished. I am a nothing. And they would repeat it to themselves over and over again. Ich bin agarnished. There was once a new bacha that came to Yeshiva. And he sat down on the bench and he sees everyone shuckling back and forth and saying, Ich bin agarnished. So he also started to shuckle back and forth and say, Ich bin agarnished. I'm a nothing. So there are two 
um, uh, older students on this bench. One of them looks to the other and says, look at the new guy, who does he think he is to say he's a nothing? <laughs> so sometimes you have pitom, suddenly, out of the blue, you have this excitement and you start davening and you start crying out to Hashem, zman ma, for a certain amount of time, meshach, for a stretch, zman ma, for an amount of time, beli noida lohem hasiba, without knowing the reason. Where did this arousal come to you from? How did you suddenly start feeling this arousal? It will become um, uh, erased, it will evaporate. This this arousal. With just a little bit of time, the arousal dissipates. It's gone. And it's gone as if it was never there. That's the point. It comes and it's gone. And when it leaves, it's as if it didn't happen. Vahainu, that means, Shehiba emes ha'ara it's an arousal from above. Rak, it's an arousal from above to, 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 to arouse the arousal from below. But if you don't have an arousal from below, then it's completely meaningless and it, it's not lasting. In general, chsidim focus on aveda. Aveda from below. By Chassidim, there's always an emphasis that we need to do the Aveda. We need to do the work. It's not <coughs> an accomplishment to just get excited and to dance and then to go back to my telephone, then to go back to my pancakes, then to go back to my behema. You need to tame the behemah, refine the behemah, and offer it as a carbon to Hashem. That's our objective. We'll discuss more about this. Um, this this source of the only does it come at like not times of avodah? Does it come? It at, could come any time. Even during times of avodah. It, it could come during times of avodah. But that would be. But wouldn't that be in this source Sometimes it depends. That means there could be in your Aveda <coughs> an Esurisa de Leila which is coming, which is completely Shaloi Be'erech to your Aveda. Mm-hmm. And that's an Esurisa de Leila that's coming on its own. Mm-hmm. And the response has to be the same as the response that we need for this Esurisa de Leila, which is coming while we're sleeping in our bed. Yeah. As we're going to learn, Bezazashem. Okay.